today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to talk about another very important aspect of pandemics and lockdowns, and that, of course, is our mental health. Uh, we've mentioned it a few times anecdotally, but there, there are a number of studies that are being done about this, and, and we're glad there are, uh, because we need to be paying more attention. As a matter of fact, the pandemic has affected Canadians in a number of ways, uh, according to a new poll by Legge and Associates. Uh, Global Sandy Salerno reports. The poll suggests that some Canadians feel their mental health has declined as the pandemic has rolled on. More than one-third of unemployed respondents cited worsening mental health, and female respondents are more likely than men to report their mental health is bad or very bad, especially those between the ages of 18 and 34. The survey also showed a decline in mental health for single mothers, 40% of whom said their mental health was bad, and relatively recent immigrants also impacted more than others. Jack Jedwa, president of the Association for Canadian Studies, said mental health might worsen with new lockdowns and restrictions as people lose the outlet of visiting friends and family. Sandy Salerno, Global News. Well, let's talk about this uh, because this is something that I think we need to study because it is being uh, very impactful to all of us. So I want to bring Paula Allen into the conversation. Paula is the Senior Vice President of Research and Wellbeing at the Morno Shepo, uh, who've also studied this according to their study uh, for the month of December. The mental health of Canadians has continued to decline for the ninth consecutive month. Paula, welcome to the program. Glad you, be, uh, you could be with us here today. Uh, pretty troubling picture that these uh, these statistics paint. It's a wake-up call. I mean, when we've looked at what the pandemic has introduced into our lives, the change, the uncertainty, many losses for many people, uh, we know that that impacts mental health. But I think what's important is to really understand the extent of that impact and take that information to take action. So we're definitely at a, in a high-risk period of time. Uh, but risk isn't destiny. We do, we do need, we do have the opportunity to make sure that we take the right action so we don't continue in this direction. I, I understand issues like this are going to impact different people in different ways, and, and I guess even depending on the severity of it. I mean, not everybody, of course, uh, is, is in isolation and working at home, but I mean, it's, in one way or another, uh, this pandemic is going to have an impact on everybody's mental health, isn't it? It has, and, and you're quite right to say that there's different groups who have been impacted more. We've seen parents uh, being impacted uh, more. we uh, You mentioned before, and we've seen in our data as well, women. Uh, post-secondary students have had a tremendous amount of the impact, as well as those in their early, early careers. We've also seen people who um, do not have any kind of cushion, emergency savings. Uh, their mental health has really been impacted ne- uh, negatively, and this is irrespective of income. So just having that sense of cushion and control in terms of emergency savings has seen to be, as it has been shown itself, to be quite protective. Well, I, I don't know too many people, even before the pandemic, didn't like to live on the edge. You know, where's my next paycheck going to come from? What's going to happen tomorrow? Uh, but those are questions we're asking ourselves these days. I mean, people are actually take, paying a little bit more attention to their their um, uh, financial situation. They're paying attention to many things that we often take for granted that are helpful for our mental health. So one is just activity, not just exercise, but moving around, you know, seeing things differently uh, with, uh, with uh, you know, different scenery. All of that is important for us to have that sense of variety, uh, a little bit of fun in your day, social contact with somebody else, a sense of accomplishment. All of these things we have or we, we likely have built into our lives, but they've been disrupted, so we need to build them back. 
Uh, yeah, there's a lot of bridge building that needs to be done in situations like this. And isolation, I guess, is one of the major concerns here. But sometimes, I guess, we're our, our own worst enemies, though, aren't we? I mean, once we get into a bit of a funk, uh, it just, you know, sends us further down into that hole. And it's awfully hard to kind of pick yourself up, uh, which is, I, I know, one of the things that you talked about in the survey is, is, is the concern that many of us have for coworkers and other family members. In other words, we're noticing a, a change in an awful lot of people, aren't we? Oh, we are. And I'm, number one, I'm glad that we are noticing. So even though we don't have that same face-to-face contact, we're able to notice. And and we can. We can hear the tone of voice. We can pick up things in video conference. You know, the fact that we see that behavior change is a good thing and important that we take that take that, that action. But you are so right. Like, mental health is a collective responsibility. Like, I can sit here and I can say all the things that people should do. But when you actually feel really compromised, you don't have the energy many in many cases to do that. You start to feel less inclined to do the things that are good for you, less inclined to reach out for help. It is so important that when we see a friend or a coworker that we share that we're concerned about them, that we share that we care about them, and help them take the next step by making recommendations around how they might get a little bit extra support, perhaps from a, from a professional. Paula, how frustrating is it when we've had to change our lifestyles like this? And I, I'll harken back to a conversation I had with a, a good friend of mine. This is going back last spring uh, during the first lockdown. Uh, and I, I said, how are, you, how are you holding up through this whole thing? And he says, you know what really bugs me? He says, I'm a hugger. You know, I, when I meet people mm-hmm. that I like, you know, yeah, uh, Paula, good to see you again. He says, I can't touch people. I'm afraid to go near them. And he says, it really it really messes with your head if that's the sort of person you are. And I, I guess what he's referring to is by nature, we're pretty much all social beings, aren't we? I mean, we like people. We like to be around people. And that's become more difficult now. Yeah, it is. I mean, the one the one thing that's always been true is that the way uh, human beings are wired is that we need other people. It is such a, an under-recognized buffer for stress. Like when you have social support, when you connect with someone else, when you feel that sense of belonging, you can deal with a lot more stress than you can if you do not have that. Now, the, the, the thing to pay attention to, though, is that it is that connection and that sense of belonging. And right now, we can't have that in the same way that we used to, but we can we can seek that in other ways. We can play the ball where it lay. You know, even the fact that we're able to pick up that somebody is not in a great place through a video conference or a teleconference says that we are connecting enough to see that, and we connect can connect enough, and that means to support each other. So the main thing I, I, I just want to make sure that, that people understand is that, you know, we can't do things the way that we used to. I'm a hugger as well, so I understand that <laughs> very clearly. But you can spend a lot of energy grieving what you can't do, or you can try to find a way to get what you need in another way. And that might not be your preferred way, but you can still get what you need. There's an interesting aspect that's in your report here that I find fascinating, and I wanted to get your read on this. Uh, nearly half, uh, 46% of respondents reported not using all of their vacation time. Uh, and, and as soon as I saw that, I got thinking about, for, for instance, I've been working out of the house now since, well, mid-March of, of last year. Uh, and, and the whole thing is, uh, you, you you like to have your, your life set in, you know, here's where I go to work, this is where I come home, this is when I can go to the gym or go for a walk or whatever. If you're in the same environment all the time, uh, it, mm-hmm. it becomes a little, not just paranoid, but it becomes mundane and it's very difficult. Uh, so you figure, why should I even take holidays? I'm just going to sit here anyway, uh, which, which really I just adds to the funk, I guess, a lot of people are going to be in. 
Yeah, it does. And, and, and it reflects actually that a lot of us have been in kind of this, this mode where we're waiting. You know, things are not the way it is. You know, in the beginning, people were talking about a lockdown for 12 weeks. It's gone on longer. We're waiting and we're putting essentially our lives on hold, which is not really such a great thing. I mean, we have to live our lives every single day. There's no single day that's going to be repeated for you. And you have to adapt. So I agree with you. We need that change of scenery, but that change of scenery can happen in a different way. The change of pattern in your behavior is important as well. So you don't have the same routine. You're able to focus on things a little bit differently. That change is so important because when your mind is in one direction all the time, even if you love your job, you're working, you're in a particular groove, you're not giving your, your mind really a balanced diet. We need rest, we need fun, we need time for creativity, we need time to do other things. And that's the purpose of a vacation, to give us that space. And it's not just about travel. We have to take that space and use it to think about different things and do other things and do that without just waiting for things to be different because that's taken a long time. I got just about a minute left here. I got one final question for you, though. I know it has to do with gender, uh, and and when people are in situations like that about reaching out, uh, is there a difference between how women and men uh, react to, to the to the challenges that we're facing right now? I mean, I think past studies have indicated that oftentimes women are more honest about their feelings and maybe uh, more have a more of a propensity to reach out and say, "I need some help here." Uh, men, not so much. Uh, you know, suppress, suppress, suppress. Well, women uh, typically, you know, those who identify as women have a bit of an advantage because um, typically, and again, you know, there's differences in in individuals, um, uh, there is more of a tendency to reach out and connect just every day, you know, know, give social support, get social support. That tends to be part of the pattern a little bit more. There's a double-edged sword, though, because sometimes you also take on the burden of others and not, 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 and that, that can kind of drain you as well in, in a caregiver, not just role, but a caregiver mindset. So I think it is important for everybody to realize it is important to reach out and know what to do. So when you see somebody who's struggling, you know, you, you, you give them the support that they need. You let them know that you're there. You help them with, um, with their, their next step by making recommendations, like, you know, going to an employee assistance program counselor if, if they have one with their employer or even the even our our Ontario government has a program called myicbt.com which is free and provides mental health support to our residents in a digital way so it's internet based cognitive behavioral therapy and i mention that because again you don't want in your providing of support to take on so much you want to be a problem solving as well as 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 supportive um and also just in your day to day contact not not forget how important it is just to have contact with someone else even if you're even if they're not in a bad place or you're not feeling in a bad place it's a, a discussion we need to have, and, and, and certainly your reporting on this and your study is going to hopefully be a catalyst for that conversation. Paula, thank you so much for the time. It was great talking with you today. Pleasure talking with you as well. Take care. Paula Allen, of course, uh, Senior Vice President of Research and Wellbeing at uh, Morneau Chappelle, talking about mental health issues, which we should be doing. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.